0: Welcome, listeners, to another episode of and Alumni. I am Alexi, and I'm here with Biz and Sam. And this week, we will be talking about music festivals and fashion and the relation between the two. You know, we're all reeling from Coachella and the amount of digital content we've seen from that in the past weeks, uh, the takes, the throwback Thursdays, the Ferris wheel, of life that we're all on so have you guys ever been to a music festival yes yes how about you i have been to two but honestly it was like like my first two years of high school so it was like pretty mid i literally had an adult chaperone with me
1: i also went i went to one and i went with my dad and it was just like me and my dad and i was like 15 oh yeah and i like lost him in a crowd crush at the vampire weekend show and I found him hours later like sitting on <laughs> He's like posters. shaking on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> <I know. laughs> it was a horrible experience. But then we went to go see Grimes afterwards. <gasps> yeah. That's so
2: funny. I feel like the vampire weekend crowd should take care of an old man because they all have like geriatric khakis. You know what I mean? Like
0: there's It's snar- true. I would have wrapped a sweater around his shoulders and been like, "Yeah, exactly, gentlemen."
1: <laughs> yeah, they—they're not as sophisticated as they as they make themselves out to be. Vampire yeah. Weekend fans.
2: Arguing tea. They have a song <laughs> about that, and
1: oh.
2: all people are known to like hot tea. Uh, True. <laughs> so I, yeah, I've been to many music festivals. I would say, over the years. But we all went to music festivals and what I think it was an interesting peak, I think, in music festival culture when they were super, super cool and influencers were going to them and they were becoming uncool, but nothing like it is today where this extremely widespread like dunking on Coachella, which has just happened last weekend and the weekend before.
0: Disclaimer: Like none of us have been to Coachella, I guess, but we've been experiencing it secondhand as most people have, like for our whole lives.
2: Yes, exactly. The culture of Coachella has really permeated far past it just being a festival. Mm-hmm.
0: It's to the point where I can't even imagine like going to it, like and being there full time. Like it just I awkward. I can't
2: imagine life without Coachella.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like a Well, oh, we did have life without Coachella for the past two years and I don't know. It seemed like something shifted.
1: Yeah, it wasn't that great without Coachella, but it doesn't seem like the Coachella this year was anything like Coachella before the pandemic. I'm not sure if this is because a lot of the content that we we saw from Coachella this year came from like temporary TikTok hype houses that like housed influencers that were performing all these weird little dances with the other people in the house and then photo shoots that were extremely contrived done by influencers such as James Charles. Whereas in the past, there was a lot of candid photos of celebrities walking around with their partners or their friends. Um, a lot of Instagram photos from the coolest girl that you knew that got to go to Coachella and wear like a a Bindi, (sighs) um, before that was wrong. Um, what do y'all, what did y'all feel a difference with the Coachella of 2022?
0: Well, I would say, yeah. I think Coachella has always been like the test market for what we know today as like influencer marketing, which is a huge deal. But I feel like music festivals were the places where like branded experiences and kind of like very obvious photo ops and like brand trips were first or like sponsored blogs as well were first kind of born and I feel like because Coachella has been gone for two years like these influencer industry people have had so much time to plan that they've probably just been like bursting at the seams with like all the content they were gonna create. That's so, so I feel funny. like there was a strange like there's definite eagerness and just like frenetic energy around it but also I I don't know. Like, I don't. I didn't find it particularly memorable. Like, I can't think of any moments in this year's Coachella that like, blew my mind. No hologram. I think it's
2: because it's oversaturated as well. Before, yeah. it used to be like, "Did you see what Kylie Jenner wore to Coachella?" There was people to look for. Like, there was Vanessa Hudgens, Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner, certain Coachella, Coachella queens, They're like
0: mascots. Yeah.
2: The biggest difference for me is that I don't think people remembered how. Hated basic Coachella girlies were. I keep seeing content on TikTok being like, let's, they're basically saying reject a modernity, embrace tradition, and saying like reject the, what people are wearing to Coachella now and embrace the boho girly vibes of like 2017. But those people, those girls were bullied really hard and they were kind of like social pariahs in a way, even though obviously they were like successful influencers and hot. But Coachella was like, it was like almost like a worldwide inside joke or something
1: it was a worldwide
2: punchline
1: yeah they were definitely the butt of a lot of jokes and considered basic because I think Coachella was a late comer in terms of the music festival wave that we saw after the um, expansion of the indie music scene in the 2000s and the hipster culture Coachella was kind of like a mainstream version that a bunch of very famous music labels and corporate sponsors kind of tried to cash in on
2: Wait, I don't think they were late to it. I think they were like really monu- They were actually really monumental in developing the indie music festival.
1: Oh yeah, you're, you you're you're right. It started in like
2: the '90s. It started right? in '99, but the reason that I'm saying it was very monumental is because it ca- it came right after Woodstock '99, which was a huge, huge disaster where people died, people were raped. It was like this huge fucking disaster, and people had a lot of They were really unsure about if music festivals were a viable thing to happen.
0: That's kind of interesting. It's like out of the ashes of this like flop recreation of, I feel like everything is trying to recreate Woodstock 69, you know, like the iconicism of that. It's like out of the ashes of that type of festival came a new type of.
2: Well, on that point, it's almost a reverse of the summer of 69 because Woodstock was this idyllic Festival, but then after Woodstock was Altamont Free Festival in San Francisco, which was a huge disaster. So it was kind of like Coachella was the 1999 version of Woodstock 1969.
1: It was
2: Woodstock Free. Yeah, it
1: was kind of Woodstock 69 was probably free. I'm not sure. It
2: wasn't free, but then so many people came that it. That like so many more people came, they thought so. There was no way to monitor it, basically.
0: Yeah, if only they had Ticketmaster.
2: Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> Another fun fact about Coachella's this really proves how different things now because Coachella's is a corporate sponsored event, but it actually started from a 1993 concert that Pearl Jam performed at the same location Coachella is today, which is Pol- Polo Grounds in Indio, California which is in the Coachella Valley, which is east of LA, because they were boycotting venues controlled by Ticketmaster. Mm. So it really does have, I guess, some sort of... Anti-establishment. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yes. We never think of that today. No, Hmm. yeah,
1: that is kind of like the peak of music festivals is kind of born from the same sentiment because indie music was born from the anti-corporate uh, music label mentality where DIY bands can kind of start from scratch and really build their way up via merit or something like that. Um, but I do think that um, it was a really smart idea because the best way to cash in on s- somewhat unknown, not radio viable acts is to like put a bunch of them together and then sell it under one ticket and just have like a bunch of people just like go over and um, upcharge for drinks and stuff. But it does seem like it became more and more corporate as the years went by and they became more popular as destinations for alternative people. And then they started becoming chuggy, I guess, um, before chuggy was really termed. But that's kind of what you're talking about. Coachella girls becoming sort of the butt I of the joke like, and yeah. People, yeah, people despising Coachella.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, everyone is always like, why is Coachella that basic music festival and i'm like what are you talking about it's because it's close to la like it's as simple as that people are like what is the special ingredient that makes coachella such a cursed event and i'm like because you can drive there from los angeles
1: like every really big festival that happens really close to la seems to be pretty reviled by the public like another one that comes to mind is burning man which has never really been admired by the general public it's always been sort of the butt of a lot of jokes and
0: yeah you can really like track the expansion because so many celebrities started going and so it kind of became like a paparazzi event as well like it just had a lot more reach before like engagement was a thing even like you would just see these pictures all from the same event and get like this curiosity about it but i'm also really interested in sam like i didn't really think about the business model before of like putting all of these like, niche bands together, and then, you know, like, combining all of their audiences all at once. Mm -hmm. Because that kind of is how it works, I guess. But it's also really weird, because now, like, I feel like the hierarchy has gotten a lot more insane. Like, I was looking at old lineups, and uh, in 2011, the headliners were Kings of Leon, Arcade Fire, and The Strokes, which is just, like, so obviously indie and so, like, in the same genre. Mm -hmm. But now it's, like, top 40 radio players And I feel like it is such like a diverse crowd. And there are definitely people that are just going to see like Doja Cat or something, you know.
1: No, that's true, because I think something that made Coachella this year pretty distinct from other years of Coachella is that there doesn't seem to be very much diversity in the music industry anymore. Everything kind of falls under the same genre of pop music. Um, I can't even think of an indie band that is like newer at all. There's no indie labels, they're all kind of dead. Um, I had this experience when I went to South by Southwest this year in Austin, where South by Southwest used to kind of be this event that's all across the city that you didn't really even buy passes for. People went to South by to go to the unofficial DIY events where like up and coming musicians uh, would play before they got famous, like Mac DeMarco, Errol Pink. People really latched on to these festivals and their Smaller acts because there was evidence of these acts like growing and becoming really, really big. And then you could say, like, oh, I saw Errol Pink in like 2009 or whatever before he was like super famous yeah. or something. Um, but this year, there was no at South by, there was no real music events, it was all crypto events, which is like really <laughs> nefarious and weird. And there's just like one or two venues that hosted, like, DJ sets, and that was it, and the rest was just, like, weird crypto events, um, which is really, like, embarrassing for Austin. (laughs) Yeah, it just seems like indie music has totally died, there's, like, no indie labels. I was just gonna say it's
0: weird, because that's, like, true, like, indie music, by the definition of, like, independent, is, like, non-existent, but also, like, everyone is indie-sounding, if you know what I mean, like, every song Mm -hmm. that goes viral on TikTok is, TikTok indie has such uh, recognizable sound to it There are all of these musicians now that have like gone viral at one point or another but like no one really knows their discography that well so it's kind of like you're going to see like a stadium level like performer like someone like Doja Cat that you're seeing like people who have like one hit song
1: that's actually a really interesting point because I did I did want to talk about like kind of how EDM replaced a lot of the smaller acts at Festivals like Coachella, where all of the smaller stages kind of hosted EDM, started hosting EDM DJs because EDM kind of takes on the same model as indie music did, where these are not radio hits, these are not recognizable names. They have like a very niche audience that would pay money for a ticket to go see several acts, but not necessarily pay money to just go see one act alone. Also kind of depressing because EDM, I don't know, I'm not a fan of EDM, no offense to all of you but
2: i actually feel like that's not true though because i feel like edm fans are actually so die hard they would go to see one act alone they're like they have something special in their blood like they sh- they are shuffling, they, are shuffling. Are so <laughs> they have so much
0: disposable income too like
2: I feel yeah because like. they make their money from crypto it's true. Um, actually, I don't know I don't know if EDM fans do that. I just think of EDM with Miami and I think of Miami with crypto.
1: This is what's actually really interesting to me about EDM and even EDM festivals is because the audience is so much older, whereas indie mu- uh, music festivals, their demographics are kind of just college age people that are listening to college radio and discovering these newer, smaller names. But EDM festivals are like people in their late 20s where like PMC, like tech workers that have disposable income. And the culture is, like, weirdly infantile. Like, everyone's wearing those, like, neon binkies and, like, friendship bracelets. The like gloves. Yeah, exactly. And like, posting gloves. stuff like, oh, it made me feel like a kid at Christmas morning. Like, oh, and it's super weird and baby-like. And I have this theory that, um, <laughs> like, because um, psychedelics, this is, like, an actual fact. Like, psychedelics make your brain resemble that of a baby's so I think EDM festivals kind of make like pretty colors and loud music because that's the type of stuff that babies really like yeah. um, and everyone there is just like baby, baby mode or something. I don't baby, know.
0: Yeah. It's definitely my theory about like the, um, the division of, of like indie versus EDM festival culture, which like they're both really big, is that it's kind of like work hard, play hard. You know, if you're like a college student and you're artsy, like you probably just want to get high and listen to music like, you might get a little bit, like, tipsy, but you're not, like, getting wasted at a music festival, because that's kind of messy, but, like, if you're working in finance, you have, like, a really intense job, you have a really intense work-life separation, you're gonna need, like, Molly, and you need to, like, really go hard and, like, jump up and down for, like, eight hours, you know?
1: That's so true. I really I just,
0: I just that. can't do it. I wonder if it's even fun to do drugs at Coachella anymore. It seems like they're there's so much like corporate presence that like I would just be tweaking out that I would be like in the background of everyone's photo.
1: Yeah. I was wondering this when I was watching Coachella TikToks because this probably is just the first year where a bunch of rudimentary hype houses, like temporary hype houses were built by brands that invited all all these TikTok influencers to stay at during Coachella. And all the TikTok influencers were just spending like the whole day making TikToks with each other and trying to make these like epic collab videos. And I was like, This is like daytime, high energy activity, like are they not hungover from the night before? Like is anyone doing drugs? Like it didn't seem like something that you could do while partying. Like it seemed like they actually showed up to work, which is kind of depressing.
2: I want to interject with this quote from Natasha Stagg, because you guys were talking about how people like to be big babies at EDM festivals. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Miss Stagg wrote about Electric Daisy Carnival in her book Sleeveless and I quoted her on an essay I wrote about Coachella aesthetics last year but uh, she said childlike wonderment is something many would apparently do almost anything to recover since as adults we are told we control our own destinies so just a little interesting, huh, a little cheeky
1: quote true. from from Natasha Stagg I really like that I actually lady. Yeah, I need to read Sleepless. I'll read it. I'll read it after this episode. But I'll send you my copy. Ooh, I'll send yay. you my copy. Okay, I'll
2: have to. <laughs>
0: you a signed copy. Do-
1: double duty,
2: y'all. Um, I'll have Natasha but... come to Austin and sign it for yeah, you and do... do a live reading. And yeah, do, do, a work work. Reading. <laughs> do a live I'll reading. I'll have at... her wrap sleeveless.
0: Yeah. Um, the thing about public like, wonder is very true though, because like I always like. Uh, Coachella, technically the name is Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival, and you're like... Uh, arts where and it's just like these large scale installations that's just like a giant sunflower that's rotating or something or like these very Alice in Wonderland things I
2: feel like I want to start going to music festivals for the art like I don't go to any of the performances I just go look at like the giant sunflowers made out of (laughs) scrap metal we
0: should start treating Cotello like the Vespionale which they kind of happen at the same time
2: wait that's actually really funny
1: yeah that that quote and also the art thing applied. It's something I was thinking about in terms of like Burning Man. I don't really even know what happens at Burning Man because it's not really a music festival. It's like a place where like a bunch of really shitty like giant public art installations are... They built like them all in- there. Yeah, that's so weird. But I was thinking about how like that's also kind of like EDM crowd adjacent where it's older millennials that now have a disposable income. I think it really is... Peter Pan syndrome is like the underscoring theme to millennial culture because the moment that millennials get their hands on like a excess disposable income, they do like the weirdest stuff. Like they literally just like created like a weird cosplay Hollywood movie set to go play apocalyptic hippie colony with each other and dress up in these expensive outfits and just hula hoop and just like. they like Burning Man
2: Slays like i think they actually it has the opposite effect of coachella which is coachella imagery so oversaturated through social media but like i actually don't know what happens at burning man yeah you don't have your phone there that's what i'm saying i could tell you what happens at coachella i could give you i could map those polo grounds out on like the back of my hand but burning man certainly not
0: there's a reason it has like a cult following like people that are burners like never shut up about it because it's
2: like the one time a year they truly feel free and like burners are the original drainers oh my Ooh, god that's true I'm draining-, draining man <laughs> yeah, draining, man. <laughs> <Burning> man. draining, <laughs> draining. i don't want you to know that but i'll tell you um yeah it's true
0: burning man isn't about music though it's literally like maybe people will be like doing a drum circle but like no one headlines it
2: The most recent image of Burning Man I have in my head is the founder of the period underwear company called, what's it called? Do you guys remember? Thanks. 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 Mm -hmm. I can't say that. The founder who was exposed as a malicious girl boss during the girl boss expose era of like last year. (sighs) And it's like her pumping breast milk at Burning Man and like giving to people to drink.
1: Oh my god. What in Mad Max. Like, Burning Man is just like Mad Max. Like, which fucking came first? Mad Max, but in the 80s. I don't know. Maybe... I don't think it was... Because it was the new Mad Max, I think, was inspired by Burning Man. Yeah. Because that def- Burning Man definitely came before that one.
2: The new Mad Max was kind of inspired by Coachella, too. Because if you remember... They cast Abby Lee Kershaw on it, like it had oh, a, yeah. it had like a gaggle of influencer girls that were for some reason ended Zoe in the Kravitz,
1: in it. desert. Rosie yeah, Kravitz.
2: That was before she got her buckle fat removed, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Rosie Huntington Whiteley yeah. was also like
0: the main mommy.
1: I don't know. Burning Man's kind of scares me a little bit. Like, I've, I've heard it like, the, hear one- you. the one, the story I've heard from it is like Susan Sarandon going to Burning Man with Timothy Leary's ashes and, like, mixing it into a champagne glass and toasting to his memory with a bunch of people, which sounds really demented and scary. I don't know. I mean, I understand the the esoteric, I'm just too scared, I'm too chicken to go to Burning Man, I think.
0: I don't know. I think that if you're going to do it, like, you should really do it. I think festivals should really be, like, for the most down of the down people, because it's like kind of a slippery slope and i think they're kind of a high-risk activity if you're also doing substances like coachella these days seems like a field trip where like a brand is walking your hand through it and that doesn't seem enjoyable and it also seems kind of like an optic on vibes but i remember hearing this take from like a sobriety tiktoker or something which she was like our society has really bastardized celebrations and festivities because they used to coincide with like astrological activities or like agricultural shit like the harvest or if you like really had a big victory in war but i feel like the unhinged behavior that used to be warranted by those occasions is now just like an average weekend in like 20 something year old's life i like that burning man is like a once a year thing that's a truly unhinged for people that are very hinged in their day-to-day life i don't know
2: that's interesting because when midsummer came out I don't think I loved the movie Midsummer, but I was really interested in it because people were so disturbed by the displays of like pagan Nordic religion. But then I started thinking about how this was, it came out during like the peak of astrology culture, which obviously is like kind of tied to um, like spiritualism, mysticism, not that different than like pagan ritualism, but Mm. it's because we have, we have no actual reason to use, Traditions anymore for life or death, and we just use them to like tell us figure out why someone's not texting us back because they're like a Scorpio or something.
0: Yeah, it has nothing to do
2: with like community, yeah, it has nothing to do with like life or death or actual milestones of life.
1: I've said this before, I think, in Russian Bimbo Core about America, but I do think festivals are this is why I think it is like a very American phenomenon, like Woodstock being kind of like the Kickstarter for all of this type of culture. I think that, like, public rituals usually follow from, like, sets of, like, shared cultural values, like religion and national pride or something, like, as y'all said. But America's, like, melting pot diversity kind of, like, prevents it from having truly, like, shared traditional cultural values. So its cultural values are kind of, like, derived from, like, popular culture. So we all kind of get together to share, like, our collective identity, just bask in it only via, like, the enjoyment of our national arts, which is just, like the music industry and Hollywood and stuff
2: I feel like that's like that Harmony Korine quote I sent you guys let me see if I can find it I feel like he was being really prescient about how Americans relate to imagery on such a deep level let me find it okay this is a really good quote from Harmony Korine that he said um in 1997 America is all about this recycling, blah 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 blah. I want you to see these kids wearing Bone Thugs and Harmony t-shirts and Metallica hats. This almost schizophrenic identification with popular imagery. If you think about it, that's how people relate to each other these days through these images. Wow. It,
1: it's true. Well, that's like our tribal, our tribal ident, like identity factors. You know, it's like our tribal wear that we identify the tribes that we belong to. Right. It's like the alternative subculture that you belong to is your community, and you identify each other with the fashions that are specific to that alternative subculture.
0: That's why the brand house thing of Coachella this year, it gives me like, neo-tribalism vibes, because everyone's forced to, like, align themselves with a brand, I guess, and, like, wear only this brands' clothes and, like, post stories for them.
2: Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. interesting. I also feel like You know, there's been so much discuss of obviously Revolve Fest, which Revolve is uh, an American fashion company that is just really known for their work with influencers. But I was going to say, it's like people have to work for their their ticket, basically, posting 30 stories a day, which reminds Mm -hmm. me how if you were in a tribe, you would have to contribute something.
1: No, it's true. But it's so unorganic. I prefer it when it was like more organic prior to COVID people criticized this like pop culture or alternative or media tribalism as sort of vapid. But now we're almost like at a worse point where it's like unorganic forced tribalism with yeah. media. And I prefer the organic version. personally. The thing is I would get
0: it if it was like a specific designer. Like I think it's a designer or someone who has like a recognizable, type of fashion I would see why that's valuable like you would see people wearing this thing and be like oh my god like where did you get that like I've never seen that before but Revolve is like a e-commerce giant that sells the most generic clothes ever and so I think like brands that do e-commerce are feeling this like intense pressure and anxiety to bring their brand into the physical world but it just seems really like awkward Um, but speaking of fashion I feel like we haven't really talked about fashion that much and Biz, I'm really glad you brought up Midsummer because this is something that has been on my radar for a while. This, like, interest or renewed interest in European folk culture, which seems really foundational to what we think of as, like, the hippie look. You know, The Northman just came out. Biz and I have watched it. And just like in Midsummer, there's a scene of, like, this ecstatic ritual festivity where people are like naked and wearing flower crowns and like fucking in the woods and stuff and
2: i think and also lots of scenes of like violence as well yeah
0: yeah, yeah. so it seemed like they were really like celebrations to them had so much more meaning because like, their day-to-day life like really sucked so much and it was like a good refuge from the movie it was almost like comedic relief or something
2: but and they made anya taylor joy a uh, pespian
0: yeah there was some def- I really enjoyed her tasteful nudity in that. Um, Has in been that movie. No full frontal, some side, some back.
2: Some but... side frontal.
0: Yeah, some like crazy nudity choreography she did where she was like laying on her side and like you think you're gonna see her boobs because she rolls over, but then Alexander Skarsgård puts his arm over her at the perfect time so you don't Whoa. see that. Yeah.
1: That's but... skilled. I'm excited
0: to see this. You definitely should, yeah. There's more that like goes on in episode. So, but the the festivities of it all, you know, the flower crowns, the like putting your arms together and running together in a circle, like mm. I think that's what festivals are missing. But also, it's like maybe when you're looking at a stage, everyone's facing the same direction, so there's no communal vibe. Homage, and that's why I think it, at EDM concerts, I think that's why they're a little bit more like plural because like. You don't really need to look at this guy DJing, like you can stare into the giant pupils of someone next to you and like hold hands.
1: Yeah, they have like finger lights that they like entrance other people with, like neon hula hoops and stuff.
2: That's funny because in England, May Day is like a bank holiday, so (gasps) we don't have to go to work. And I was talking to someone about it today, and I was like, hmm, May Day. And then we were talking about maypoles, which is a thing that's in midsummer, but it's obviously not a maypole. It's like a midsummer pole. And um, <laughs> that also is, has like a circularity to, to it that mirrors moshing because you're going around in a circle. Yeah. But, uh, anyways, flower crowns. I wrote my flower crown thesis.
1: Oh, yeah. I really want you to go off on flower crowns, but really quick, I want to like to touch on the like paganism or whatever this is something I've been thinking about a lot is that I think that especially with like revolve and stuff like that and these like um, standardized zoomer costumes or uniforms really that I do think that they're almost like totem like you know they're almost like animistic totems that like represent some sort of weird like belonging to bizarre like spiritual collective of like the internet group that you're in but I want you to go off on flower crown so because busy wrote an article for a magazine about coachella and had a lot of really interesting insights
2: about i can't tell if this is like shady or not i think it's just funny but it was for a, an italian music festival called Terraforma that ha- that publishes a journal but i think one music festival publishing an a critical essay about another music festival is like very funny to me um, it's giving food fight. Uh, <laughs> right,
1: yeah.
2: <laughs> okay, so I actually could really go off about flower crowns for ages, but flower you can track the decline of Coachella cool and the decline of the flower crown being cool. Flower crowns really, I think, entered the public consciousness around 2011, which uh, was when Frank Ocean released his single "Novacane," which is about meeting a hot girl at Coachella, and then later that year lana del rey released born to die and in that song's music video she wears a huge flower crown made of roses that are blue um and that's when it really took off i'm sure girls were wearing flower crowns to coachella before lana but lana really cemented them and the public consciousness and they quickly became uncool after being cool for like half of a second mostly because it seems like they were really easy to mass produce they immediately started showing up at like the Forever Twenty One checkout line. Do you guys remember that?
1: Oh yeah. Oh, it was there. Yeah. It was like next to all of your teddy bear shaped sponges and stuff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I had the I had a really bad flower crown that was like the one you wrote about, Biz. That's like a really limp piece of elastic that has the unblossomed rosebuds, like
2: I'm gonna self quote. Okay, no, it's actually not that slayful. But basically, yeah, the tiny plastic rosebud elastic ones were like A very premature, sickly baby version of Lana's. God, like you literally saw them withering and like. (laughs) It's like they never, they never blossom. They literally were premature. They were still, still births. It's like a reverse time lapse of like.
1: Well, it's because like plastic flowers are that like one of those like mass produced commodities that are probably the most commonly found at like the Dollar Tree. And they're just like the easiest, most cheap thing to mass produce in some like foreign factory. And you can just kind of like throw them together with least amount of expensive materials and god bless like all those girls that made their own flower crowns I did. um from, from dollar tree yeah same courtney love actually went on
2: a rant against flower crowns in 2014 specifically these flower crowns we're talking about it was actually really unhinged of her which makes sense but she said <laughs> flower crowns are over fuck flower crowns if i see one more fucking flower crown i'm gonna kick someone's ass I got thrown a flower crown from an audience member the other day and I just looked at it and it was plastic flowers and I was like, no, God, at Coachella, how many fucking boys were wearing flower crowns? <laughs> it was like it became a personality to hate girls who, whose whole personality was like looking good at Coachella. And then, of course, the Snapchat filter came. It was during Coachella weekend, spring 2016, Snapchat debuted a pastel flower crown it was so ugly filter. like i'm
0: looking at it and ugh, i just hated
1: how that looks. yeah it made your face look like a weird baby
2: yeah it made your eyes really really big it made your skin really smooth and technically made you look prettier so that's why influencers loved it a lot but yeah. because influencers loved it it became unanimously hated by the public because it was like a symbol of the- being vapor
1: Yeah, it was like the indie duck face. That's how much people hated it.
0: It literally invented like beautifying filters because I remember people being like, if you looked closely, like if you took it off, you were like, why did my face just become bigger? And like, it makes you weirdly pale and it makes your eyes kind of glassy. It has like this really weird cool tone effect, which is interesting because I feel like this period was so warm toned. But yeah, I didn't like how it looked. But when you think about it, like, We've literally seen the rise of AR filters like in our lifetime, like come from this to the crazy hyper real Instagram face thing that we see today.
2: Yeah. It's so funny because alongside people being like, reject modernity, embrace tradition. I wanna be Vanessa Hudgens at Coachella twenty thirteen, not what's going on now. People mm-hmm. also like like the dog filter now and stuff yeah. from Snapchat mm-hmm. versus that was the number one thing, but like There was just memes about how if a girl had like your thought, yeah, yeah, and or like if it was on her snap, if it was in her Tinder pictures that she was like ugly or something she's hiding something
1: yeah that was like the male rant of like
2: the male gaze oh
1: <laughs> yeah like oh like oh these girls are being dishonest like
2: yeah Can you imagine saying a girl's lying because she's wearing this snapchat <laughs> when she's
0: not <laughs> when she doesn't have floating dog ears oh and a God. nose in real life
2: <laughs> you're trying to trick yeah. me wait that's actually so funny because everyone just became that in real life with like cat boy stuff like people just that's became that's... it became physical
1: Yeah, the domino effect of those two filters is, like, insane, actually. Yeah, because at first,
0: you know, the dog filter was, like, silly. It's like, oh, you stick your tongue out. And, like, filters used to be so silly and, like, trivial. But now they are, like, you can't fucking post without them. Mm -hmm. I can personally, but them sometimes.
2: Yeah. I think that people will actually get mad mad at us if we don't talk about, like, Vanessa Hudgens. Because I think Mm -hmm. she actually epitomized... we're both talking about uh, celebrity culture being synonymous with why Coachella became so recognizable to the public and also she just kind of was she was what people wanted to look like. Mm
1: -hmm. It's true. This is when indie became synonymous with basic because people like Kylie Jenner and Vanessa Hudgens which were considered basic Instagram girls because they really were like OG Instagram influencers started dressing very boho. They started wearing, like, fringe shorts and round glasses and stuff.
2: Kylie was always a little grunge with
0: that, though.
2: Like yeah, that. Kylie was more grunge, and she would always do her hair in, like, pastel. But Vanessa was very tried and true in the spirit of Woodstock. Boho, yeah. She would wear the flower crowns we're talking about. She would be captured frolicking with Austin Butler, her boyfriend who is now dating Kaya Gerber. And she also wore bendies, which is another big big thing we should mention about Coachella is that early Coachella fashion was like, in the same vein of 1969 Woodstock, was on that cultural appropriation beat, I think. Uh, Native American feathered headdresses, bendies, anything to do with a quote-unquote tribal prints.
0: Yeah, those little like sticker tribal tattoos.
2: Yeah, I have a theory about those. My theory is that there came a point when you literally could not be caught wearing a Native American headdress at Coachella Music Festival, but tribal vibes were still in demand. But flash chats which is what we're talking about—those metallic tribal tattoos—they're still doing the tribal thing, but that you couldn't clock it as like cultural appropriation. Yeah. So it was like more dim. Dem- dem- I don't know how to say that word. It was more subtle
0: the euphoria face gems or, like, (laughs) using rhinestones on your face. It's like they've moved from the, like... Grimes used to do that thing where she'd do, like, a line of rhinestones and, like, a bindi in the middle, you know? But I feel like now we've discovered a way to make it tasteful and, like, incorporate it into makeup in a way that's not potentially offensive. I don't know. Well,
1: that's even, like, the pagan vibes, too, is because I think people like, they've, they've, like, expanded their tribal scope and gone into, like, white tribal vibes, you know? Like, Nordic tribes, which, if you have those, like, flash tattoos or whatever, you can always, like, pass it off and be like, oh, no, this is actually, like, a Viking pattern or something.
2: That would be <laughs> an insane thing to say. It's always the Vikings, bro. Like, the yeah.
0: thing with dreads and, like, having braids and stuff, people are always like, well, the Vikings had them, too. But yeah. I love it. I think that boho vibes at their best are the quote-unquote peasant look or just like a euro folksy vibe to me i don't know some middle eastern like north african southeast asian influence is kind of cool to me too but i think boho loses its charm when it gets too americanized and that's how we like got to james charles cowboy assless chaps fringe you know it's really slippery slope
2: yeah i have a name for that look space cowboy that's obviously not a name I invented. It can't be <laughs> so they say, so tying back into the how cultural appropriation just got banned from festival grounds. Literally, the festival outside lands banned Native American headdresses, like in their code of what conduct. What if you're Native American
0: though? Like, no,
2: you can't wear it. You have to find a different festival. Oh my um, gosh! No, I have no idea if that's true, <laughs> but yeah. So I think people started looking to like the West, like cowboy vibes and mm-hmm. to outer space because obviously both exotic, literally far away. Uh cowboys don't exist that much anymore. So they're exotic <laughs> and foreign to our very stationary sedentary lives. Um so you can like appropriate these motifs, but it's not cultural appropriation because it has no ties to marginalized communities. So that's how we got to the Ashless Chaps paradigm. Mm. And true. I guess BBLs too, because Coachella fashion used to be just be kind of about being skinny, wearing high waisted shorts and flannel around the waist, like a loose yeah. tank
0: top type of vibe of muscle tee. I really think we can't understate the importance of like celebrity festival paparazzi pics just because they have this like really carefree candidness in like celebrities' will be with their boyfriend and that's cute so you can like speculate about their relationship dynamics it's a very they're just like us moment because they're like among the crowd doing it for the love of the music whereas i feel like now coachella has like vip areas and shit which doesn't even seem like
2: enjoyable did you guys see the, those TikToks of Paris Hilton's bodyguard, like, sprinting <laughs> after her? She's, like, no, like, whimsically God. running. She's, yeah. like, so lightweight and, like, sprightly. And he's, like, this giant man that's, like, tripping, fumbling on the Coachella polo grounds. It's She's, like, twirling so around. I do think it's, like, clever editing in these paparazzi photos. But, I like, I feel like these celebrities had security, but they just weren't pictured or something.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, remember that, like, f- like infamous photo of, uh, Rihanna rolling a blunt on her bulb um, security guard's head at some <laughs> festival or something? I think there that were, that were that like some out. photos. Yeah. Was it a good ch- it probably was, but I mean, I also think that this was like the first wave of people soy facing at like epic <laughs> celebrity friendships, you know, because there'd be so many celebrities nice. in this one place and like, They'd be photographed together and everyone would be like, Oh my god. I can't believe that like Florence Welch and Azalea Banks are like running around holding hands. Oh, that's a and, picture. That's oh my a gosh. Picture. It
2: really was it was collab culture before collab culture took over.
1: Yeah, I can't try to
0: force collabs, is what I think people don't get. Like it's like with influencers, like you're not surprised when they collab, like they're two people with like the same mid fashion sense. I think next order of business since we are a transatlantic podcast now we have to talk about the british influence on boho style and festival culture
2: yes i feel like we should say that i live in a different country every time we record or like yeah. now that we are a franco-american podcast <laughs> um okay so let's talk about let's talk about England. Let's talk about the United Kingdom. So, you know, there. I think that a lot of people have always thought United UK and European festivals are better than American, Um, especially like, Glastonbury, Leeds, Reading—really big festivals here in the UK. Well, is it pronounced Reading? Yeah. Oh,
0: I always thought it was Reading in my head.
2: I don't know. It's like Uh, Reading? I don't know what it's called. I would say I have never been to any of these festivals, but they also have a really big impact on festival culture, fashion as we know it, but in a different way. So let's take a specific lady here. Let's take Miss Kate Moss. So she's really synonymous with, um, I think, British festival fashion. Particularly a moment at Glas in 2005 where she was wearing a like sparkly lyrics tunic with a really low slung belt and hunter welly boots, or as we call them United States rain boots. And so apparently these images, her that her wearing this outfit, like really had a shock wave throughout fashion and and um, pop culture and they like kind of went viral pre-social media and then I found this interesting quote which was like the bastion of mid-1990s so-called heroin chic had become the face of its slightly older and more respectable cousin mid-2000s festival chic if I could say one more quote and then I'll pass I'll pass the mic H- Hunter boots are I would say a pretty well-known brand of rain boots but at the time in 2005 they were actually kind of like on the brink of failure because their sales were really bad they weren't making any money since like it's actually funny they weren't making like any money since like world war ii which is a really long time (laughs) (laughs) because that's when people needed rain boots was during the wars so sales really went up for Hunter boots after that and they're still really popular thanks kate moss and then also i like this quote uh, and the process well secured their place in the popular imagination. No longer the preserve of agriculture, they had become a status symbol best matched with trilby hats, cravats, and other questionable knotty accessories. This once practical boot had morphed into a bourgeois badge of honor, indicating that the wearer was prepared to rough it and still look fabulous. And I think that is just a really good example of like American versus British festival fashion because of the weather here, creating these like really adverse muddy environments.
0: I see TikToks about British people being like, they'll be do or like reacting to an American rave. And you know, the culture (laughs) of American raves being like a rave mom and like, like costuminess and like weird social system of American raves. And they were like, if you guys came to a British rave, like everyone would make fun of you. Like everyone here is wearing like a big t-shirt and like a big jacket. And like it's not the same vibe but I do really admire the festival functionalism because not to be like it's about the music but it really does show what everyone is there to do. The, one of the music festivals I went to in high school was Music Midtown and it was a super rainy weekend in Atlanta and this giant like public park and I was wearing rain boots and this like see-through rain jacket that I thought was really cool and like health goth but I had a great time because I was just like everything I'm wearing is getting really fucked up my hair is wet, like my makeup is running, but
2: I'm I'm free. Yeah, it really like democratizes the experience because everyone is getting rained on. Like, yeah, Kate Moss is in the trenches. On. You're literally in the trenches. You are wearing rain boots because you don't want to get gangrene. Yeah, so World War Two, Glasto... There's nothing like the a
0: beautiful girl in the trenches, honestly. Like It's yeah. so true. And
2: Sienna Miller, too, was another person that was really big in early, mid, mid-2000s festival fashion in the UK. I don't know, there was kind of like a hack job element to early festival fashion, which was like her wearing a dainty, flowy kind of trapeze dress with another low-slung belt and then like neon-rimmed, ray ban or aviator sunglasses and Uggs. So I think people really miss that hack job element of something like the outfit looking spontaneous, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that really caused like a revolution in fashion. Especially the like sparkly tunic dress combined with something kind of like, shitty and grimy. First of all, I love that British people always have these like mother goose ass names for things. Like rain boots or wellies. I think that's
2: really Oh you're gonna say Kate Moss is a Mother Goose ass name, but
1: <laughs> I actually I, um,
2: I was um listening to call her daddy today because we're trying to uh, um displace them and <laughs> yeah watch and, out uh, Morris, yeah, yeah watch out Alex Cooper uh no but Lottie Moss, who's Kate Moss's much younger half sister, was on call her daddy and it was so interesting because they actually talked about how. Alexi, I believe this is something you have, you've mentioned, but uh, how people are making fun of all the influencers for dressing up so much, but then they really celebrate celebrities dressing down and wearing like t-shirts and a yeah. pair, and a pair of jean shorts, and that is observable.
0: Yeah, that's a definite thing. I feel like you know we still have this today with the model off-duty style and mm-hmm. like the obsession with like I don't know Lily Rose Depp street style like candid personal style of major celebrities is I feel like more important than ever but I feel like yeah music festivals were an opportunity to like dress down and be casual and comfortable for celebrities like as opposed to being dressed by a stylist and I was thinking about why Vanessa Hudgens became like the big mascot of this and she was still so, like Disney produced that I think it was refreshing to see her being like an independent entity because her image really was so, like, controlled. It just... Yeah. No, that's definitely been, like, a big thing this year, though, because influencers are wearing these super costumey, like, little top, big pants outfits, like, hair, makeup, euphoria-level mm-hmm. shit. But then Kylie Jenner was, like, going incognito mode, like, not even, like, having, like, a cool personal-style outfit, like, wearing big sunglasses and, like, a hoodie, you know, as if she was going to Taco Bell, which I think is really oh, damn. funny.
1: I mean, I just think that at this point, people have contrived the act of celebrities are just like us so much via social media and like just the pandemic kind of like pulling the curtain back on things and with like events such as like talk shows being hosted from people's houses and stuff and that we don't really relate to celebrities being relatable anymore like I think we do prefer like the theatrics that they try to like compose with their access resources but there was like a moment in time I think also that people really enjoyed about celebrities at Coachella was that they also they weren't just dressing down and being themselves they were almost like also doing a form of escapism and wearing things that they wouldn't normally wear just like anybody else would like I know that there's this like photo of Nicki Minaj at Coachella and she's wearing kind of like a boho outfit with like a flower crown and that is it's
2: actually a crown made of feathers
1: oh Uh, that's right Uh this is my most
2: recent (laughs) Instagram
1: post Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that to me is, like, very, because that's, like, such an unexpected outfit to see Nicki Minaj wear, because she wears things that are so costumey, and that feels very, like, laid back, um, hippie I will
2: say she is wearing, like, a laid pink wig.
1: Yeah, but at that point, pink wigs were very hippie girl as well. Like, girls had, had like, light pink hair. That's which true, that's like, true. Free spirited.
2: That was a really <gasps> ironic moment, because she was with Beyonce. They were backstage at Drake's headlining set, which is very controversial. Because Some people say he's, he really fumbled the bag there. But uh, Beyonce, we'll add these photos, of course, to the Pinterest image board. She's wearing a flower crown and wearing a shirt that says, fuck flower crowns. It
1: says, and, go burn
2: your flower yeah, crown. Yeah, it says, go burn your flower crown. And that it really captures what the public opinion of Coachella was at the time. Mm-hmm. And Nikki's wearing, like, a Run DMC shirt,
0: I think? Or, they're both wearing these, like, very DIY, like, big shirts that are cut into, like, muscle tees. I like the look of wearing, like, a graphic tee, like a big, like, lampshading at a a music festival. I think that is a good way to do it.
2: I agree. Oh god, these photos are so, so funny. Like, Nikki wearing this feathered crown. It looks so crazy because the feathers are so high. Her face is also beat. Like, she looks
0: so out of place in all these pictures.
2: I don't think... That's what I was thinking about the pink wig. Like, Nikki was still on her her glam shit. But as she should. But she is wearing a flannel tighter on her waist. So there's mm-hmm. that, of course.
0: It also gives me the vibes of, like... I was probably way more nerdy than you guys. I didn't actually care about 5 Seconds of Summer. But, like, the weird kind of, like, teen alt-rock <laughs> groups that were coming up. Always in fanfictions, there would be these outfits that were like I went to his concert and like this is what I would wear and it'd be like a polyvore link to a board that would always be a loose black tank top, denim shorts, Doc Martens or like white Converse and like a white flannel Converse, around the waist. Yeah,
2: and like a infinity tattoo.
0: Yeah, and a flannel around the waist. It was also kind of like Twenty One Pilots vibes. We um, should
2: get infinity tattoos. I would love to. I would love to. <laughs> okay, so we need to talk about the B- beachella beachella Oh yeah. So, how do you guys think you say that?
0: Beachella. <laughs> you don't say
2: Beyonce.
0: You know, like her name is probably Beyonce. <laughs>
2: um. Okay. So, Beachella. That was a huge. That was probably Coachella's last big moment, and it was really good.
0: It was hella good. Like, I think about it, and I feel electrified. It was just super major. So, I also think it marked a turning point where the standard for, like, production quality really, really went up. Mm-hmm. Coachella stages kind of now have to be this, like, multimedia, almost stadium-esque performance. Like, Billie Eilish's was like that, I'm pretty sure. I feel like Beyonce really created the need to, like, make it a multimedia experience. Like, have remixes of your songs. Like, you're not doing a normal set list. You're doing, like, a mix with like this crazy choreography and like large numbers of people and
2: a full marching band yeah
0: um i feel like it's really cool how much she cares about her career like that's one thing i really admire about her because like other artists will kind of just just play their set through you know because like their presence is enough but that was like definitely really major that's what i
2: was gonna say i obviously have never been to coachella but i feel like it could probably be slightly easy to not phone a coachella set in but not due up to like a stadium tour level mm-hmm. uh, with a full set. But apparently, I don't know if the statistic is updated to now because Beachella happened in 2018, but apparently it was the most live-streamed event ever at the time. Oh, I'm so that's, sure. That's really impressive. And it's funny that it was in 2018 because 2018 was definitely past the prime of Coachella. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. She really breathed life and in- breathe. She breathed life into it when it was lifeless. Yeah,
0: that's it's true. true. That she just like made it hers, though. It literally just became like her concert, which I think is pretty dope.
1: I'm gonna say something kind of controversial. Um, controversial. About controversial. Yeah, because I don't like Beyonce. I'm sorry. I keep geez, it to yourself. I'm <laughs> yeah, it to sorry. Yourself. <laughs> like I, I know that's like a really like a huge offense. Like I almost like I'm afraid to voice this opinion. You're gonna
2: tank our ratings. I know. On I feel Apple so Play. bad you already. This is not. This yeah. is not
1: the. Um, this is not the
2: opinion. You can go affect Sam's social Yeah, you guys score. can bully me. Your social credit about... scores. Social credit <laughs> score. yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, you guys can go on the blockchain and, and taint my social credit score. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't I don't like Beyonce very much. I liked her in 2018 a lot, but I think my opinion of her has changed because she gives me kind of like weird Adrena chromi vibes a little bit. But in 2018, I did really like her because she dropped that self-titled album. And that really did like – Kind of changed the game and why her production value went up so high is because she really like rebranded herself as like, oh, this is the real me. Like I'm the real Beyonce or whatever, which felt really cool. But now that I think about it, I do think that it might have been kind of detrimental to festivals to up the production value because they were supposed to be like indie festivals for acts at. Did not necessarily have the funds to like up the production value of something like that and you do need to have like a massive lineup for music festivals so people have to like get bands that are not doing
0: a super lining i'm sorry it's kind of your responsibility to say also her self-titled album was 2013 so this was like five years out from that i feel like she hadn't even oh, put really out music, music when at this point yeah so i think that's why it was kind of like a celebration it was almost like a retrospective because her career had kind of like chilled out but then no. everyone was like, fuck, like, she actually slays so hard.
2: Yeah, and it I also, stand correct. It was, like, but... um, it was very much a celebration of Black culture. Like, it was inspired yeah. by H- HBCUs, and it had, like, quotes from Black feminists, and- I mean, this was before, like, BLM, so obviously people were doing stuff like this, but oftentimes there, yeah, wasn't maybe, like, such a big platform for it, so-
1: yeah. I, people were really upset with her about hopping on that. And she did take – like, she did have opinions that went against the mainstream at the time, which is something I respect for her. But still, I, I still, like, I don't know. Beyonce just gives me weird Adrena I'm sorry. I apologize. This is not the opinion of the podcast. This is my heterodox personal opinion. Um <laughs> And I, I apologize. I, mean, I don't know. I feel like
2: most celebrities have adrenochrome vibes. So like...
1: Yeah, but something about her is like, especially her friendship with like Gwyneth Paltrow and stuff, just feels very like, ooh. I don't know. I don't know. But that's just my own personal, like, uh, these 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 are not the views of this institution.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I could get why you see that. I mean, she's notoriously very controlling of her own image and mm-hmm. very private for a celebrity. And I think people can perceive her as, like, cold or, like, calculating because of that, but... I think time and time again, she's proven that it's because she, like, cares about perfection and, like, delivering things that are really good. But she's also basically retired. She's literally just, like, a mom. I think her relationship is the only thing that, like, annoys me about her. Uh, but I feel
2: like her level of craft is so high that, like, I think... You started this episode talking about how you didn't like how all of the headliners were these like shitty radio stars. So I feel like they actually could take a a page from her book and be like, what if I took this really, what if I took what I was doing really seriously?
1: Well, the Doja Cat set this year was, like, super, like, super well-produced. Wait, I'm like, so really... confused.
2: Did that exist? Because I'm looking Yeah.
1: At... No, they it... scrubbed it because they're about to, like, sell it or something. But I, got, I saw a bunch of clips of it, and Doja Cat's just, like, such a good performer. She's a really good performer. I'm yeah. so
2: confused because I, I guess I missed it because I'm on the Wikipedia page, and it says the headliners this year are Harry Styles, Billie Eilish, Swedish Mafia House, and The Weekend.
1: Yeah. No, Doja Cat did perform. I just thought, um, yeah, maybe she wasn't the headliner. Be...
2: That's crazy. Swedish House Mafia? Why are they
1: fucking
0: headlining that's yeah. like don't you worry child that's a little bit of a throwback
2: yeah that's well wow. actually you know alexi you mentioned the the headliners in 2011 and connie also performed as a headliner that year so oh, wait, lineup.
1: they
2: had they had really a good mix of artists in the past
1: oh, well 2011 was the year of the tupac hologram too which was oh, really? crazy yeah
2: no way that, no, was-, that was 2012 <laughs>
1: 2012?
2: Yeah, because that was when Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg headlined. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, The Black Keys, and Radiohead.
0: I can't wait until holograms of us get to perform the podcasting
1: (laughs) festival.
2: Yeah, I can't wait to the podcasting festival is gonna be just like Coachella.
1: Oh, that was one thing about South by this year in Austin is that they had a bunch of podcasting events. So they had like podcasts, like live podcast events. Chapo did a live podcast here. They had like a bunch of like very famous podcasts do like live recordings and do like weird little like conferences with all of their fans.
2: I famously went to the Chapo 2016 election night event in the Rap Genius headquarters. Oh and I was gosh. the only girl there besides Gia Tolentino. Um, <gasps> that's actually not true. There was other girls there, but it felt like I was the only girl there besides Gia Tolentino who wasn't there. They made you feel there. like the
1: only girl in the world.
2: Yeah, like it, it was me and Hillary, the only girls in the world. Yeah,
1: um, you were the only non
2: pick me. I also didn't know where I was going. I was taken there by someone um
1: <laughs> you were bamboozled into, into the I was, 2016 i walked up and i was
2: like <laughs> i saw a man yeah wearing full like military gear with um, no.
1: the colors oh, and no. the badges
2: and it was um
1: felix from chapo Oh my God! Ready yeah. for revolution, as always. I feel like um, Ryan doesn't
0: even know who that is. Uh, yeah. Like it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Like, do not it look matter. it up. Yeah, it just it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Like... not that I do not research, but
2: <laughs> yeah. Do not research. No, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're gonna have to do a lot of bleeping. I feel like the hyperactivity of fan communities has made Coachella kind of weird this year, and it's kind of relating to like what we talked about. Last week with the Drain Gang concert and how everyone who went left with a shitty impression. Mm-hmm. But this is more like about people who didn't go. I feel like I always see videos of performers that are not headliners. Japanese breakfast or something and everyone's like, wow, the crowd did not pass the vibe check. Because people who are like huge fans of this artist are just like, getting FOMO and they're like, oh my god, everyone there like doesn't know all of their songs. But I think it's important to discuss the logistics of music festivals and how you
2: some, how, sometimes have to, like, listen to music you don't know. It's literally a buffet. That's the point. The no, point of it true. is that it's an affordable option for people to see a bunch of music.
1: Yeah. And then you have to get to, like, a stage kind of early, like, a few sets early if you want to see a headliner. So you have mm-hmm. to sit through shit that, like, you, you do
2: don't know. have friends, because I'm like, your friends will drag you to... A set that you don't want to go to, and then they'll go to a set with you. It's a lot yeah. of like compromising and negotiating and like just going wherever. And also being really tired, you're not always going to want to hoot and, holler. A hoot and <laughs> holler at Japanese breakfast.
0: Yeah. That's why I think EDM has some more mass appeal because you can go to an EDM festival and, and not know any of the songs and like there's an expected activity. But if you're going to see an indie crooner, are you just going to sway? Like, I don't know how you pass the vibe check. Because also, if you screen the lyrics, people are going to be like, have some respect, a uh, like, Lord's famous shuffling, so.
1: <laughs> I wish I was there for that. That seemed like it's a show.
2: Everyone does die at ADM festivals, notably. People do <laughs> die at those often. What,
0: what about the plur?
2: They plur to death. Um, they play in death. Uh, I guess it's just because of the drug culture, but yeah. yeah, no, I agree with you. i I actually have been feeling very like pub culture is very different for me, I think. And sometimes I don't know what to do at the pub. Obviously, you just drink, but it's just like people go there for hours and hours and hours, and hours.
1: Yeah, I'm
2: like, okay, I have my twenty seven anecdotes to tell you but like Wait, but before we
0: got on i was talking about being at a pub yesterday and i had a guinness
2: oh yeah i, I had, had a guinness scotch egg before no it's
0: like a soft boiled egg i think
2: that's wrapped in it's sausage breaded. oh it's sausage I thought it was i thought it was bread that was like fried on the outside
1: i think it's sausage i oh, know yeah. it's bread i just googled it What? but What's the, the one sausage one? sounds better kind
2: of um, we oh, should have, I have, okay, a scotch egg is a really good Coachella snack. It's, like, full of protein yeah. and carbs, which you really do need to... You
1: just have a Tupperware of eggs at the museum <laughs> <festival. laughs> oh,
2: what is It's wrapped in sausage meat and then
0: coated in breadcrumbs. Oh
2: my god, you oh. guys need to stop arguing about this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather eat a scotch? <laughs> just kidding, we're not to that part yet. Yeah, um
2: wait, we're getting there, though, because... I almost did a cartoon noise of someone snoring. <laughs> Once again, it is Me. the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: Me. Wait,
1: I want to, before we wrap up, I want to ask kind of a question, pose a question to you guys and also to the audience, a which for is the <laughs> a question for the culture. Are festivals even possible anymore? The, I've been to a couple of concerts post COVID, and I was supposed to go to the drinking show in Austin, but, uh, circumstances prevented me from doing so but I think that the same vibe that I've gotten from either anecdotes from people going to shows or me going to shows is that like it it's a very nerve-wracking and scary experience to be in a crowd because I do think like Alexi said Astro World really did change the way people see festivals and like collective endeavors and also two years of just seeing chaotic and dangerous crowd events combined with like Quarantine has made people kind of agoraphobic and very suspicious of other people.
0: Yeah, personal space has become more important than ever.
1: Yeah. And I do think something about, on top of that, COVID safety measures are like, they've really like re- routinized like, an overinflated bureaucracy. So like attending organized events kind of seemed just like this huge hassle. And... Also, I think COVID safety measures have sort of like satisfied this like collective yearning for ritualistic activity that festivals kind of arose from, so they feel kind of irrelevant under these conditions. But I do hope that maybe one day we can reach a point where festivals happen again. What do you guys think?
2: Um, I was at the pub the other day, and <laughs> Pub Fest, <laughs> Pub Fest, <laughs> Pub Cella. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay. I was gonna say okay, so there was a really big boxing match on this night. It was um, Tyson Fury. Do you guys know who Tyson Fury? Oh is? yeah, he's like yeah. the most famous boxer, I think.
1: Dude, yeah, he's like so um, vaudevillian.
2: He's and, so like... vaudevillian, but he was defending his title, and yeah, so was, for like, like a
1: fourth time, right?
2: Yes, and he was defending his title, and. Obviously, it's a really big match, and so people are watching it on the TVs. of the pub. There were so many people standing and watching all in on one direction that it reminded me of a music festival because you couldn't move. <laughs> so, I, yes, my answer is it can happen, but it is Pub Cella. Mm. But actually, maybe I should answer your question with more nuance and thought. Uh, my experience with music festivals is very much like a lot of inconvenient, disgusting, dirty diabolical things will happen to you like someone will like pee on your foot at like a set or something and you will get like pink eye and there's just a lot of environmental conditions that will be difficult and then a lot of fun things will happen a music festival especially when you're camping and especially when it's summer and it's hot is full of extremes so I think it's people's ability to tolerate extremes and also that willingness to and child childlike wonderment I do think people are too self-aware now
1: yeah that's what I was thinking too it's like it's
2: too ironic like even having fun at Coachella feels ironic like people saying and in- reject majority embrace tradition is ironic to a degree
1: no I was thinking that too because it seems like people developed an extreme amount of self-surveillance self-surve- after the mm-hmm. pandemic and that's just like it's impossible to have fun at like a crowd event because you're just like weirdly like awkward and like watching like watching yourself like bob you're watching yourself bob with
2: the music and you're wondering you know how do you compare it to the people around you yeah
1: no and that's kind of sad too because i think people usually used to go to music fest not just for the music but for being in a crowd and like having this like collective enjoyment activity so like you did pay for the crowd but now it seems like the crowd is the biggest inconvenience at any music event
2: that's a really good point
1: And it's just kind of sad to me a little bit because I think we should be able to let go. And I do think, again, like there is something about COVID safety measures and sanitizer and like just all of these like ritualistic activities. They fulfill something, some sort of like weird desire that we have for ritual that I think festivals were born out of. So I think things like festivals and things that are more ritualistic collective activities are going to reduce overall. But that's kind of a wild take.
2: And Yeah, it's kind of like how everyone became mentally a cop yeah exactly kill the festival cop and (laughs) (laughs) festival culture is very like laissez-faire like obviously you help people if they're struggling but it's kind of like you don't get mad at someone for like getting in your space too much you just kind of just deal with it you're not gonna like have a scene
0: that's what I mean about it being kind of, like, high stakes to me. Like, you have to have a high tolerance for discomfort. You have to really do, like, a survivalist thing where you have water and you have to, like, I don't know. There are <laughs> people who are kind of, they're corny about this, but EDM people are really about harm reduction. Like, one person seems like they're not doing well.
2: Like some rave mom with huge
0: boobs will be like,
1: do you need water? You know? Yeah, they have the Narcan at hand. Oh, actually, I actually like rave
2: moms are really flat-chested because they're, like, 29 year old waitresses who like never gained weight
1: yeah i see ones with big boobs on tiktok yeah and that's also because tiktok pushes them. them yeah tiktok pushes <laughs> yeah. them because they have big boobs and the algorithm yeah. really likes that
2: yeah
0: i don't know if i'll ever go to a music festival again in my life it's also like i music isn't a huge part of my life i remember like being in high school and my one of my like tumblr eras i was literally like a band blog i would post only about Vampire Weekend, Arctic Monkeys, like, MGMT-type shit, and I had, like, an extensive knowledge of the music festival circuit, because, like, watching my favorite bands do to, like, Primavera Sound, like Austin City Limits' route, I was, I just want to, like, go to these so bad, but now there's no one that I'm dying to see live, and I feel like the type of music that I like doesn't really lend itself well to live performances, K-pop. unless there's a K-pop festival, which there used to be. K- wait,
2: wait, K pop fest could be part of pub fest. Wait, yeah, pub yeah. fest,
0: pub fest, Nymphet fest, and all No, Nymphet
2: fest sounds so disgusting. It sounds like Humbert, Humbert. Nymphet alumni graduation. Yeah, It I'm sounds sorry. like festering Humbert. Yeah, um, <laughs> don't, don't, Humbert don't put that into the ether. Oh, no, Humbert fest. Humbert fest is at the pub and it is the K pop festival. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Humbert is headlining.
0: Humbert's
2: headlining. <laughs> Okay, ladies, let's um have our what is it called? Let's let's headline like we're the headlining. We're headlining now, which means we're ending. Um, Yeah, is the last. (laughs) This is the encore. No, yes, encore. Encore. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we head to the final segment?
1: I was just gonna say it's kind of ironic that like boho chic emerged from like in the two thousands emerged from Britain and british people going to like indie music fest like american indie musicians and like the original manifestation that was like american hippie women going to like british invasion bands in the united states but
2: yeah i, yeah. I do think that's that is funny i think a lot of fashion actually did come from the uk a lot yeah. of subcultural fashion <laughs> yeah as they say uh okay <laughs> what is you guys's dream coachella outfit I'm not going first.
0: I thought everyone kind of flopped this year, but I did like Emma Chamberlain's outfit that was like a unitard made out of. She wore a like,
2: unitard.
0: Suit. Yeah, it, it was like a it was like a turtleneck with shorts one piece thing. Oh wow, that was sleeveless and made out of like almost like a popcorn shirt like material. It seemed that looked really stretchy. And then she was wearing a tool belt over it. I went to a party recently that was like a costume party, and I wore these like two crinolines like on top of each other as a dress. And it took up a lot of space, but it also made me feel really comfortable. So I think I would just wear something between, like, a giant band tee and, like, giant puffy dress.
2: Yeah, that's very EDM to wear, like, a crinoline, because it's, like, tutus. Yeah. So they're actually, they are, like, quite lightweight, so...
0: Mm-hmm. Why? And they're, like, cooling in a way. I
2: think. Emma's outfit is cool. I know, right? It kind of is Mad Max. We-, we didn't
0: even talk about James Charles that much. Oh, wait,
2: we can do that now. Okay, guys, I'm going to go say stop we forgot to talk about james charles rewind probably wondering how (laughs) we got here without talking about james charles that was a big mistake so let's talk about james charles
0: James Charles I feel like is a special breed he's like the star of not even content farming Coachella but like making these outfits that every day he's wearing like a costume his viral assless chaps oh my god this is another thing I want to talk about big hats are a huge staple of festival outfits Mm -hmm. I was looking at all these festival outfits and I was like this is how hairdressers dress now you know the wavy beach waves and like a big hat and like ankle boots and a tunic are you saying
2: that's how they dress now? yeah Oh yeah, that's been that way for a while for sure. It's like oh, yeah. spiritual wages. Yeah,
1: yeah, spiritual wages. That's a really good one.
2: Spiritual gangsters. Spiritual gangsters. Yes, yeah,
1: the other spiritual gangsters. I just think it's easy to wear a hat whenever you're in kind of like a chaotic situation. And if you're a hairdresser, you probably care a lot about your hair. I don't know. Yeah.
2: I personally think that hairdressers think they have really big brains and that it needs to have overflow for their brains into a hat. Yeah.
1: That's true. Yeah because they're going up to everybody being like, who cuts your hair? Like,
2: no one. I've never had someone say that to me. Well, actually <gasps> I have. That happens never, to I've me never so had often. Well, yeah, because you have unique hair. That's
0: <laughs> That's a lot When I had curly hair, yeah. Okay. I no, like think right.
2: like, I feel like they're preying on you because. Well, you curly, curly cuts, cuts are more expensive. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, they're suddenly, like
1: $20 to $30 more expensive. So they're, they're like, ooh.
2: They're being predatory.
1: They are. But I like it. I like when random girls come up to me and touch my hair. Really. Um, it's like really soothing
0: yeah anyway we love James Charles like what else is there like?
2: yeah I don't know James Charles is like definitely transhuman vibes
1: yeah I was wondering I was thinking about this too because he's almost like the truest non-binary person ever because there's like some weird thing about like him being not trans not feminine not masculine he's just like this other category of thing It's almost like that a mermaid, same person, like his, his-
0: his gender vibe does have, like, a Mermaidian feel to it, because it's, like, the face of a woman, the body of a
2: man, but in the shapewear of a woman, the hair of a man. Okay, Mermaids, like, they have a tail, which is kind of not that feminine, but then they have these voluptuous hips, which James <laughs> Charles also has, because he gets, I guess those are from injections into his hips? Or is it a BBL? I don't, I don't
0: know, he he does, everyone says it's a BBL, but he... That's that like electroshock thing that gives you it's not like cool sculptures. he gets but... electroshock <laughs> he gets BBL electroshock therapy electroshock Whoa.
2: if you say electroshock in relation to a gay person i'm gonna think you mean electroshock therapy <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe he got that too i don't know
2: yeah i mean i think james charles looks a lot like jar jar binks and the Jar, Jar Binks is kind of uh, amphibious, like a mermaid. Yeah. James Charles, actually, maybe just one last point is... Well, actually, there's many points. Sugar Bear Hair. <laughs> one of the greatest internet dramas of all time happened because James Charles couldn't get a VIP wristband at Coachella last minute, and so he had to promote Sugar Bear Hair <laughs> vitamin gummies, and they were a direct competitor to his mommy friend Tati, Tati Tati Westbrook who sells hair vitamin gummies
0: by sister by
2: sister <laughs> oh my god I wish that would happen again something like that but I know right a lot of good influencer dramas happened at Coachella like Tana Mojo got arrested at Coachella right
1: Oh iconic yeah because
2: she has this she has this mug shot where she has like honestly very indie sleezington makeup with glitter tears that are an accident beautiful beautiful stunning anyways
1: i just feel like james charles is like the new queen of coachella that has replaced vanessa hudgens
2: yeah because vanessa hudgens is like a wino now because yeah her and austin butler broke up and he's elvis Elvis. presley now and he's dating (laughs) kaya gerber
0: thank you very much wait he is
2: yeah and she got in trouble for saying that everyone with with covid everyone was just gonna die and it was fine
0: that was her festival she just wanted to get back to the
2: festies yeah know? she she did because she was like coachella didn't she say coachella got canceled and that's how she was upset <laughs> yeah that's really she's good. oh also another good vanessa Hudgens moment was when she was like i think she was gumming some coke or i don't know what else you would gum but and then her pr people said it was melted white chocolate <laughs> She was like she was like nibbling it from her bag. It was really. Funny. I honestly
1: kind of believe that she does seem like that kind of like chaotic feral girl that would eat melted white chocolate out of her bag
0: from under her fingers. I think she's a veganista. <laughs> oh, can you even make white chocolate without real dairy?
1: Oh yeah.
2: Our chocolatier listener is tapping. <laughs> <laughs> and you might you might get a free. Ticket to pubchella featuring <laughs> humbert humbert as the headliner and um black pink as the headliner number two
0: wait black pink did do coachella and that was like my personal beachella i will say that was really major no one knows about that <laughs> whatever they i heard like, about it it was like everywhere there are these pictures of them where everyone is speculating them about them smoking weed and it's like notably really kind of hard to get like lo-fi pictures of k-pop idols being actually candid but they did look like fucked up as in wasted not like bad
2: yeah i mean california weed day yeah California. oh that's a good song isn't it
0: yeah is that red hot chili peppers they definitely have coachella vibes
2: yeah I they had like the, the first
0: coachella i think
2: it was the third fourth beastie boys and red hot chili peppers jack white acdc and drake headlining in 2015 is
0: funny damn jack white and drake is that what you just said
2: jack white drake and acdc headlined in 2015 (sighs) yeah
0: like Coachella nostalgia sets i have to say like they don't appeal to me i feel like they always include some like kind of washed up rocker
2: i actually will disagree on this because i have seen a lot of like nostalgia sets in person at music festivals like like, Elton John and stuff. And honestly, it is one of those things where it does bring the people together. Like, because I think people somehow feel less embarrassed at sets like that to really sing along and be corny. Yeah,
0: but I'd feel more bad about not knowing their songs because it's like, oh, like, I had,
2: like, 40 years to listen to this. You know? <laughs> okay, maybe with ACDC, but I think he would know, like, an Elton John song. I yeah, just that's I true. do think he would. I feel like he could do a K-pop club.
1: Isn't AC/DC the original schoolboy?
2: I think I remember this.
1: Wasn't he wearing like a schoolboy outfit? Because he would always—it's uh, like not even Tyler. But... Wait, isn't that Steven Tyler? He's in no, he's not in. Who Who's AC/DC? Was ACDC. Um, AC/DC are like hi, Highway to Hell or like Back in Black. guitar
2: hero ass shit. Guys, they're Australian and their names are all Angus.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they—I think at this um, Coachella. He was wearing like tiny school boys because he's still he's like old as fuck but is still dressing like a little schoolboy because that's like their thing. It's like they dress like schoolboys in schoolboy uniforms, school naughty yeah. schoolboy core. Yeah, that's like what the seventies metal was about for some reason, which well, is like literally Humbert grow up. I know.
2: <laughs> I feel like you become so Humbert that you're not Humbert anymore, which is like being ACDC and wearing a schoolboy. <laughs> It's actually like dehumberdifying because I feel yeah. like you can't prey on someone when you're you're, you're like you're like literally the prey at that point. <laughs> yeah. Would you rather be the prey? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So speaking of, would you rather be trapped in a Coachella porta
0: potty for nine hours with a snake? Or be stuck on the Ferris wheel for nine hours with an animated sugar bear hair gummy you think might kill you.
2: Wait, there's a second part to that one. <laughs> I feel like the third part, like, was he even there? Like, is he really? Yes, he was there. Are You kidding? He's the king of Los Angeles. Or
0: the cobra snake, (laughs) and he's on a bad trip and might kill you. Everything says they might kill you, except for this (laughs) actual snake.
2: Because that's implied. Like, the actual snake just might kill you, but I had to up the ante by saying the sugar bear hair phenomenon might kill you. (laughs) I would rather die by the hands of sugar bear hair. Me too. I feel like I could
1: take the cobra snake, to be
2: honest. which one?
1: Mark. (laughs) The photographer. (laughs) Both of them mark ronson is the wait who's the cobra snake his name is mark something he doesn't he's
2: mark mark the cobra snake
1: yeah
2: okay so what's your answer would you rather have a a biological snake or a mark snake
1: (laughs) uh i would get a mark snake because i feel like i could fight that one easier um because snakes are really slippery and i think that their size works in their favor yeah
2: i agree especially in a porta because the reason i was ma- i was kind of doing like a lot of variables for this event and i was like a porta potty is dark so like that would be
1: and you can't flush the snake down the toilet because it's a it's a porta potty so <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was gonna suggest
0: that but i guess you're right but i do think that the sugar bear hair gummy that might kill you like is it armed because like if it's not like i don't think it's
2: not <laughs> happening <laughs> It's
0: not armed, but it could get creative. I feel like if it's a giant gummy, it would, you know, eat me, but then I'd just be alive inside of it, and I would be wearing it like a suit, like controlling it from the inside.
2: I feel like that's such a trope. It's like robotic teddy bears, so I can very much Yeah, or like
0: being consumed by like a thing of goo, you know? It's like a very cartoonish. It's like maybe monsters or aliens.
1: Would you rather travel back in time and save Drake from Madonna's surprise kiss at Coachella 2015? Or travel back in time and get a neck massage from the Tupac hologram at Coachella
2: 2012. This one doesn't make sense in <laughs> a way that doesn't make sense.
0: <laughs> it makes total sense to me. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I don't know about Madonna's kiss with Drake.
0: She sexually assaulted him on
2: stage. She assaulted
1: him? Yeah, and she he like spit after she kissed him.
2: <laughs> so that's so rude of him. Like, I understand it why you would do that, rude.
1: but that's like he apologized on twitter afterwards but she caught him off guard and he made this like face of like revulsion and he was like oh and like wiped his mouth and spit i I do
2: feel like her mouth (laughs) has like a very specific quality to it
1: so yeah she used to stop surprise kissing people like i know it was iconic the first like she was trying to
2: recreate the iconic um (laughs) i'm getting a neck massage from tupac's hologram or i'm giving him him one no you're you're getting
1: one from him
2: I don't think he'd want to give me one, like, with his precious moments on Earth as a hologram.
1: Yeah, but he's a robot, so you can do whatever you want
2: him to do. I don't want him to do emotional robot labor.
1: That's so true. And also, his hands are holographic, so how is he really even going to you
2: this? Recently, I've been really into this idea of when someone does something that I don't like, or, like, in my head, like, going up to them and just putting my hand out and going, stop. So I feel like I could do that with Madonna. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, Yeah. I would kiss Drake instead. You guys know how I feel about him. But.
2: I feel like I would tie Madonna's shoes, shoelaces together, so she would fall, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then I would be like, Is it like "You're also freezing time." <laughs> yeah. You'd like throw a banana peel in her in her in her path,
2: but then I would so catch small. her so she didn't get hurt, and then because you know
1: that she is. Those bones are not.
2: In good and shape. then Drake would twirl me. <laughs> okay.
0: Oh my god! He used to bring girls on stage during concerts. He used to, or he did, or he does. He used to. Oh. It was actually like a really controversial video because he like brought this girl up there and was like really chatting to her in this like very flirty way. and Then she ended up being like sixteen,
2: <laughs> and he oh, was. I remember that Millie. It was Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> But it, didn't, it actually didn't like halt him in his tracks. He kind of continued being flirty in a way that was like, oh, if you were older, girl. Yeah. What um, oh, was that? Did
2: you say that? I did hear that. That was scary.
0: Yeah. Would you rather yeah. be pictured on Influencer in the Wild and it's like mm-hmm. a really busted video of you from the side where you're like sustaining a forced laugh in front of the Ferris from wheel? From the side? <laughs> yeah, it's this <laughs> bad side profile video where you have like... <laughs> Unflattering <laughs> neckline, yeah. Or would you rather be robbed of your boots at Glastonbury?
2: Oh, wait. So it's on Influencer in the wild. Yeah,
0: I think if you had your boots robbed, you might also be in the press because that's like <laughs> tragic. Yes,
2: yeah, so you might end up at influencers in the wild, anyways. With yeah. that too, I think.
1: or you could get tetanus from oh, stepping foot. on something. Tetanus. Trench foot, yeah.
2: I think I would rather lose me little boots because I feel like I think I would put plastic bags on my feet and I would slosh around. I
0: feel like it would be really romantic to be like, oh, I lost my boots and someone else is wearing really big rain boots. And, and you, they put you inside of them. Yeah, and you walk everywhere together like a three-legged race or something.
2: Influencers in the Wild is probably so oversaturated too. Make us, it wouldn't make much of a splash. Do you know who Josie
1: Canseco is?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Really? She's Jose Kinseko's, um Oh, duh, yeah. I always say Canaseco in my head. I think it's
2: Canseco. But basically, I just thought of these two girls that actually became famous through a photo of them at Coachella going viral.
1: Wow, see? You know, there's ups and downs to both. But I was
2: going to say that I don't think that happens anymore.
1: You have to end up on like hood clips or something, or do some <laughs> sort of like horrible, like. Barstool.
2: Oh, Charlotte D'Alessio. Charlotte D'Alessio, She's like a famous Instagram model now, but yeah, her and Josie Gonzago. A photo of them at Coachella was so uh, inspiring to people that Charlotte got a modeling contract.
1: All right, I'll do that one. The influencers in the wild. Yeah, I am really afraid of tetanus. Yeah, I think there's too much like
2: what weird stuff in the mud. Doesn't exist here.
1: If tetanus doesn't exist, then yeah, I'd probably do go bootless. Like, as long as there was no, <laughs> like, risks of me getting, like, some sort of horrible disease. I
0: feel like Brits are smash. they would smash their beer bottles on the ground, though, so there might be shards in the morning. Yeah.
1: Yeah, the Brits get quite rowdy, if I do. Um, you do if recall? I can infer from, if I do recall <laughs> from my um, ample experience.
2: Last question. Would you rather terms as Elizabeth Holmes's pack mule at Burning Man 2018. Did she go to that? Yeah. Um, or toast a champagne diluted with Timothy, Timothy Leary's ashes with Susan Sarandon at Burning Man 2015. Both are real things that happened. For me, it's certainly that Timothy Leary's ashes, but I would n- not drink them. I would... Um, Just make a toast. <laughs> I would give them to a mother who was pumping breast milk so that... <clears throat>
0: <laughs> That's definitely like Circle of Life vibes, like there's death within life, and yeah. Yeah.
2: Burning Man, Draining Man.
0: Dude, Draining Man's gonna be so sick.
2: Draining like, Man is gonna- it, it's, Okay, this summer it's Poncella leading up to Draining draining Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's the new festival circuit that we're literally inventing. I think I would intern as Elizabeth Holmes's pack mule. You know, Burning Man is like supposed to be a little bit utopian, bordering on dystopian but the thing is like everyone there is equal so i think to be like very obviously like unequal like everyone would feel kind of bad for me you know it'd be like you know like here we don't really have a hierarchy
1: <laughs> yeah and then they give you a job at google yeah yeah i also feel like um elizabeth holmes even just being her pack mill you could get some really good networking opportunities being a burning man with her like oh, you'd definitely. probably meet like like elon musk or like the Winklevoss twins or something and you could just trick them into hiring you for their corporate takeovers or whatever.
2: You mm-hmm. should definitely go to Burning Man.
1: I'm too scared.
2: It's... Grow, take grow a long up. Long to
1: go. Isn't it like $8,000 or something? It costs
2: $8,000. I yeah, think it's,
1: it's like more than that. It's
0: very exclusive. It's like when you're there, there's no money and you can't buy stuff.
1: No, it's like an, an insanely exclusive. Because it is for like the ultimate richest
2: Silicon Valley people. What? It says the general sales $425. <laughs> what?
1: Really? It says $8,000. <laughs> what?
0: No. If it's $425, like, way more people would be going.
1: No, I was watching, um, a a TikTok about Burning Man and how you could get into Burning Man because apparently there's like a very limited supply of tickets. Yeah, there's a lot of And what people tickets. usually do, yeah, what people usually do is like you get like a VIP like tent thing that you pay like an insane amount of money. <gasps> or like know somebody that owns a VIP tent at Burning Man and they get you in. Yeah, definitely. Also,
2: apparently Burning Man attendees are called burners. So we were on something, of course.
0: Kids under 12 get in free.
1: That is so demented.
0: <laughs> they
2: need to breastfeed.
1: Yeah, they're harvesting their adrenochrome, guys. Yeah. I think it's a real risk.
2: If there was a place for such things to happen, it could happen here, certainly.
1: I'm trying to think. I want to ask something about being a shoe shiner at Glastonbury because that sounds like an extremely inconvenient
2: <laughs> job. So hard. That's like a
0: very Sisyphean task, like shoe shining boots after they go like, back
2: into <laughs> the mud. But it's like existential torture. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, you could be like a shoe shiner at Glastonbury or a pack mule for Elizabeth Holmes at Burning Man. What's the equivalent of that at Coachella? Like a. A,
2: a dust collector. Dream
1: catcher maker.
2: Yeah, I know. But look like, at someone that has like get rid of dust. Oh, like yeah, you're sweeping the desert.
1: desert. <laughs> yeah, sweeping the desert.
2: I would rather be a shiner at Glasgow because I would do that because I feel like you get some cheeky banter in. I was just thinking that. Yeah, and I feel like if I was sweeping the desert <laughs> like, <laughs> that would just be like really lonely, I think.
1: It would be very lonely. The streets I used to. Yeah. I also feel like people treat shoe shiners better than they treat street sweepers.
0: I learned a shoe shining hack from TikTok. It was someone talking about how there's like, you know, asymmetry (laughs) bias. It's like you'll clean one shoe really, really well first. And then you'll be like, look at your shoes you know because like if you if both of your shoes are dirty like you'll just be like oh they're like kind of dirty but if you see one of them really clean and the other one really dirty you'll be like whoa like they really cleaned that like i need to give them a tip
1: we have to point it out to them now you're ready to be a, a swindling shoe shiner at glass yeah right? i'll be With like, like that look that at your boot am <laughs> <laughs> well, i might.
2: your boot's shining
0: i can i can even i can kiss my reflection <laughs>
2: that <laughs> no, was, was australian i'm sorry y'all no, that, was, that was good okay so i guess we're all on the same page about being bootlickers Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> i would make a joke about bootlicking for sure
2: uh, yeah
0: something something pull yourself up by the bootstraps i don't know it
2: took me like one billion years to fig- like know what bootlicking meant I feel like bootlicking was like a really popular term during like the Trump administration. Yeah, yeah the was, DSA like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, it took me like 15 years to figure out what it meant. But here I am, a, a bootlicker and a boot shiner of <laughs> employed status.
0: Hey, those boots taste good sometimes.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you guys, If you guys are going to any music festivals this season, have fun. Don't think too hard about it. And Drinking rock under. on, shine on. Dream keep, on. Yeah, and keep on shining. <laughs> yeah, and see you at PubFest! See <laughs> yeah, you at PubFest! Yeah, PubFest does have limited availability, but what was our next thing that was after PubFest? Draining Man. <laughs> Draining Man. Man has even more limited availability. Yeah,
1: so you, it's in the sewers, and you need a map to find the location.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Looking forward to seeing you guys there. Yeah.
0: Plur. Plur.